Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washington, got out of the house. I think Robin and I with kids at home on these snow days, it's good to get out and get a show in. Yeah, nice little break from the madness. The good news is my wife's been really good about getting the kids outside, so they're sledding, building snow forts, snowmen. So there's at least some way to burn off that energy as opposed to just being locked inside. Do you go out there and do it too? Do you, are do. you out there? I do. I, sho- I So like they do all that stuff while I'm shoveling the driveway. And both you guys are team shovel, right? I, I, oh, yeah. I, I snow blow. I don't. I, I, snow blowing, I think I got 3,000 steps in snow. I mean, you still walk a lot. Bruce Jenner. <laughs> um, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think shoveling is definitely more healthy. What have you seen in my driveway? Yeah. Would you want to shovel mine. that? I, I think the one I got is bigger. <laughs> I mean, the side driveway, side garage thing, it, it's a whole... Listen to what we're on. You both have excessively large driveways. Well, All right, well... <laughs> Good moderation. <laughs> Let's get into our opening headline here as we uh, kick off this week's Husker Line show. Michigan, I mean, w- what an impressive season. 15-0. and 0. Through all the adversity, all the questions. I mean, Jim Harbaugh was suspended for... Half the season, essentially, uh, with with different things from the NCAA, and they weathered through all of it. Beat Washington by twenty one, and it was a little. Cl- it was closer than that. And Michigan just kind of broke through in the fourth quarter to finish off the job. But um, tip your hat to Jim Harbaugh. This might be the last time we see him coaching in Ann Arbor. Um, if it is, what a way to go out on top as the champions of the Big Ten, the Rose Bowl, and the national championship. Yeah, you mentioned the NCAA. Also, the FBI has been on campus, <coughs> as well as the local police, uh, Ann Arbor, or the like campus police. So there's been a lot of obstacles. He was asked about Michigan winning the title pers- as it persevered through those obstacles, and he said it wasn't difficult because we're innocent. <laughs> He's, I think he exists on another plane in some ways, which is fine. A lot of people cope that way. Um, I do respect him, and I respect that team uh, greatly. I mean, I don't know what to think of him saying we're innocent. It's mm-hmm. not hard. He said it it's wasn't pretty overwhelming evidence that suggests otherwise. Yeah, he, he said it wasn't difficult because we're innocent. Um, it didn't look like they 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 were stressed. They were stressed by Washington, but it didn't look like the the, the stress got to them. Uh, I mean, the last thing I'd say is they flexed. I mean, it was a big flex. They ran for three hundred and three yards and Washington ran for 46. They averaged eight yards a carry. Washington averaged 2.3. Mm-hmm. Penix, <coughs> Michael Penix, threw 24 incompletions. Um, yeah, they, they brought, in his, they they brought in him his, back down to earth. Yeah, they were in his kitchen a lot of the night. It, it was just like I thought. Michigan would hammer him on the ground and they would be all over Penix. They played a Big Ten game. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Yep. <laughs> Get ready, Washington. And, yeah. you know, I saw Texas writers, a couple guys on my Twitter feed that I know well, said that, um, the Michael Penix Texas saw didn't show up tonight, kind of like acting like Penix was off. Like, no. Mich- that's the Big Ten defenses. Like, <laughs> Well, not all of them. I mean, but the top teams in this league, yeah. that was the defense you saw every week. That's why there was very few offenses in this league that even averaged 400 yards a game. That's an interesting conversation. But the style of game that was played in this league this year mm-hmm. is what ultimately won out college football. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan up front defense is ridiculous. They, they're really deep, and you, you, that's, you saw that. And I'm talking about their interior mainly. That guard, that one play where the interior D lineman threw the guard to the ground. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. just leveled the That guy was 6'6". And that's against the best offensive line in college football, Ooh. the Joe Moore Award-winning offensive line. Like point. that, Good that point. coincidentally took it from Michigan, who had won it the previous two years. So there was a uh, a trench motivation there on there both was. sides of the ball, there and was. Michigan showed it. So, Robin, you're the NFL guy. Where do you think in the NFL Harbaugh is going to get court? I mean, we know the Commanders already has opened. Mm-hmm. San is San I mean, San Diego, San Chicago, I mean, L.A. You mean? I say L.A. <laughs> I say San Diego. I say San Diego too all the time. I do. We all know what you're. What talking are you about. thinking? Yeah, I mean, so I think the. Chargers are the best spot. I mean, you're like set up to win right With away. Herbert. The fact that they have been so bad, especially this year, is just atrocious. With the with the coaching that they've done there, they've got the quarterback, they've got all the, they got a defense, they've got all the skills. So I think like as far as like a ready tailor made situation to come in and win right away, that's your best spot. But the Raiders are interesting. You know, Vegas. There's a lot of draw to that, and with the quirkiness of Harbaugh, maybe he fits in with that. A little bit better. And I think they have the seventh pick. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what you do with the seventh pick. Yeah, well, go, go draft Michael Penix. Yeah, you might be able to get Penix at seven. I, I, I got to think he's going. Like, I don't – why, I would ask you, would he come back and face all these issues that we're talking about that are ongoing? There's mm-hmm. the, in, the NCAA investigation isn't closed. The Connor Stallion issue is sort of ongoing. There's – why would he – I mean, I would ask people, why would he come back? Why would he want to deal with all that? It's kind of like how Pete Carroll, when he left USC – now, USC yes. wasn't number one, but he got out of there before they got him. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that. And it's, I mean, it's an escape plan. He yeah. does say we're innocent, but, man, think about what he, what he might have just pulled off. A national title and then going to the podium on his terms – in this exalted status and saying, we're innocent. I'm out. Yep. Good luck with all that. Yeah. And then when they say he, he won't have to talk to him ever again. Right. We're innocent. Well, and think wasn't about it. Wasn't hard. Wasn't hard. We're innocent. He's already oh, won wow. at the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, he has. You, you think about his style of leadership. You could say he's an odd guy, but Nick Saban didn't win in the NFL. Urban Meyer didn't win in the NFL. Steve Spurrier couldn't win in the NFL. You can go down the line. Pete know, Carroll yeah. is one of the few. He did it. But he that, didn't win it first. Yeah, they do it a second time around. And that was with Russell Wilson in his peak. But Jim Harbaugh, yeah. he won with Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got to a Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. And also, like, one of the best defenses in the century. And one of the best. I mean, the 49ers are <laughs> one of the best so good. organizations out there. But you're right. But he's, he's, got a, he's got a short window, though. Like, wherever he goes, he, like, wears people out or, like, comes into these, like, off-the-field issues. It happened at San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It happened here. So you got to wonder, like... That's why I think the Chargers make sense because your window is now. Mm-hmm. Like you're not trying to do a two or three year build where you're shortening that time period between getting good and then Harbaugh kind of 
harboring people mm-hmm. <laughs> to where you're going to have an ugly breakup just because he's got track record in that. Yeah, he's he's. I want to address that quirkiness. He is quirky, but he can't be. He's th- there's got to be a lot of normalcy to him because the the people he people follow him. I mean, he's a leader, and people mm-hmm. follow. If he was just a weirdo, this this couldn't happen. He's always had really good coaching staffs too. Everywhere yeah. he's been, I think yeah. that makes a huge difference. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal had an article that. CEOs and corporations around the country should study how Jim Harbaugh led through crisis. Really? Just the way he led and managed like like any business leader should study that because as a as a leader you're going to be dealt with crisis and usually you don't lead with a steady hand. See, the thing that people want to hear us say though and they're right is it's a self-inflicted crisis. Yeah. Like I don't feel bad about this adversity they had to no. overcome. You literally created every bit of it. They- you had a clean road. You're the, one of the favorites to win the national championship this year. Like, this wasn't some, like, underdog story. They no. were one of the, like, preseason favorites to win it all. And they had to overcome all this stuff that they did to themselves. Pretty like, much. Nobody I mean, should feel bad for them. For instance, a linebacker coach gets lost. It got lost in the story. But a linebacker coach just had to resign, got fired mm-hmm. because... But they're innocent. He fell on the sword for Connor Stallions. Well, he told the players not to talk about it. Um, so they do stuff like that. I mean allegedly Harbaugh lied to NCAA investigators. He says he didn't, but that, that's the claim. Um, they had the FBI come in because there were computer crimes by a coordinator. I mean, the FBI was on campus for a, a lot of time. There's been a lot. Um, and it's fascinating to me that he will go to a podium and say, it wasn't hard. We're innocent. Uh, <laughs> so I don't – again, I think that's his parting shot. I, I, I don't think those guys – I think those guys are very calculated, mm-hmm. a lot of head coaches – and that was his parting shot, is my guess. Makes and beating sense. Ryan Day three years in a row. Yeah. I think he'll, he, he might just drive through Columbus on his way out of Michigan and just yell, who's got it better than us? Nobody. <laughs> Not Ryan Day. Not Ryan Day. <laughs> um, I do want to get on this in our opening headlines as um, we continue our discussion. Dana Holgerson, uh, mm. shifting gears here, um, was in Lincoln last week. We can confirm that. We, you know, I've got, got a pretty good read from multiple sources that, so when the people have even talked to him and seen him in town, the question is, what was Dana Holgerson in town for? Um, what is Dana Holgerson looking to do? The former Houston, West Virginia head coach, who's an offensive mastermind um, throughout college football, is he being looked at or talking to Matt Rule about a staff job, a play-calling job, a, um, or maybe an analyst role? And nobody really has an answer on that right now, Steve Sipple. No, I think it's... I mean, I think it's either an analyst or a big job. An an- I don't think it's a quarterback's coach only. I don't know if he'd do that. I think Does it's he do like co-coordinators. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Well, Satterfield is parked into such a big contract. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got two more years of the biggest, before Tony White's raise, the biggest assistant coach contract in school history. Here's what I know about Holgerson. Before he became a head coach, he was an offensive coordinator quarterback's coach, and a really good one. I mean, they... I mean, all you got to do is look back at, at the numbers he put up as an offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. That's what gets your attention. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't know what you what what rules planning. I don't. Maybe he doesn't even know what he's planning. It could be an analyst. You know, he, it, he's getting paid by they, Houston. There's high profile analysts all all over the. Well, place. and what we don't know are what analysts going to be able to be on the field coaching that mm-hmm. has not passed yet and. Mm-hmm. There was a thought it was going to pass a year ago. It didn't pass. And so right now, analysts technically aren't allowed to coach. Mm-hmm. Technically. Yeah, Holgerson's resume is incredible. 
Now, he again, the head coach – he was 20 games over as a head coach at West Virginia, really good. Now, Houston, it fizzled out. But I'm looking previous to that because – because that's the role we're talking about here, perhaps. Offensive coordinator, quarterbacks. Um, he had a long line of good quarterback play and good receiver play, by the way. By the way, Just good offensive play in general. And then Doug Thomas is the other name that you hear mentioned, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers assistant coach. Mentioned. Um, as a, a guy to watch. And yeah. this NFL season's over, um, so we'll kind of see where this all goes. Uh, nobody has technically been relieved of duties in the coaching staff, and that's that's usually the norm. You try if, if you if someone is going to get let go, you give them notice, and you tell them, hey, you know, find a job essentially, and then move on on your own terms versus us having to push you out. So it's amazing. It's amazing that we're sitting here talking about Dana Holgers and joining the staff. Yeah. Perhaps think as, about as it. maybe an analyst. Yeah. Give me a break. Would, well. <laughs> Well, they do that though. I mean, all those guys go to Alabama for. Yeah, instance. but Nebraska hasn't done that. No. Not to this extent. They've yeah, had, but they've had good analysts. You get no, Bill no, Raiola right. here. There's a lot of people that yeah, things wanna... change a little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit more material. Do you, do you think if it was just Chuba Purdy and Heinrich Harburg and Jeff Sims coming back, no way. Dana Holgerson would have been at the wrestling meet on Saturday. No. Absolutely not. So no. it, I, I mean, I'm still a little. I guess stunned. I mean, like the co-coordinator thing, I think would make sense. It would, because then I mean, it's even if it's just a superficial title, at least like you're keeping a coordinator tab on Satterfield while also allowing uh, Holgerson to come in and take on a significant role. He can be the quarterbacks coach, and then you uh, have Satterfield two tight ends, you yeah, know, and just divvy out that and, responsibility, and, and then move move uh, Josh Martin back to an analyst. Role. And you do that old trusty thing where you can slap a associate head coach title yeah. on Satterfield. Yeah, I mean, like, who cares what those titles are? Well, you don't are. have to pay uh, Holgerson, though. Like, he's going to get paid his salary from Houston, so you can do this creatively. If you want him to call plays during games, then you have to pay him. Yeah. Well, you have to pay him the market value. The, the, you have to make him essentially the lowest paid coordinator, like market value coordinator. Pay. You can't You can't just pay him thirty grand to be the OC. <laughs> Because <laughs> Houston owes him a lot of money. Yeah, whatever his terms are, and, and pay from there. It, it's you know, there's a, a mitigated deal, so you can you don't have to pay him a million dollars. Like you can probably get away with paying him five hundred. This is very. I mean, if this happens, which it looks like it could, could. it's really aggressive on rules part. I mean, it's a real aggressive move. Quite a shift from body blows. Yep. As far as the offense they ran last year. Yeah. These are haymakers. Yeah, well, I think what Sean's talking about is what I mean. This was an air raid. Holgerson was an air raid. The, the guy. style of offense. Yeah. Now I don't know what Holgerson was doing at Houston as the head coach. I don't know what they were running. I think they they incorporate the run. But again, but I would say this: <laughs> rule will determine the offense. I would think, and he does want to run it and and use play action. I don't think Nebraska's equipped to go to an air raid. Am, am I am I wrong? No, no. I don't think they're equipped to do that. I don't know if you want to run I air raid in the Big Ten. Right. I don't think he wants to do that. All right, we're uh, going to come back and uh, we'll. Nebraska's added some players from the portal this past week. A few more to watch. We're going to hit on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. 
a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Thank you for joining us here as um, we are snowed in here in Lincoln, but still lots to talk about here before we get to that. This segment of the Husker Online Show brought to you by Omaha Steaks. Um, Great, great deals going on. Not only can you get 50% off site-wide on nearly all of their boxes, uh, we are going to give you another 30% off your order site-wide. Simply use promo code HUSKER at checkout um, so you can get free shipping, 50% off, and we're going to give you another $30 off simply by using promo code HUSKER. Now, there is an order minimum you have to meet to get the $30 um, but if you order one of the boxes, you're going to get that extra $30 off for the most part and a lot of them. And they've got not just steaks, uh, chicken, pork, sides, desserts. Um, personally, I'm a big fan of their bacon wrap fillets. Oh, yeah. Um, their sirloins, really, really good cuts of meat. And if you want to get even a higher grade, they, they carry a, their version of a prime steak there. So uh, lots of great options at Omaha Steaks. Load up the freezer um, and get it sent right to your house. All right, let's get into um, the portal weekend because we've seen Nebraska get really busy uh, already. They added Isaiah Naor from Texas, um, who was going to visit Miami, canceled his visit to Miami, I was told, and then committed to Nebraska. Um, two years ago, he was the top receiver in the portal, arguably. Uh, he had USC, Florida, Ole Miss, picked uh, Tennessee, then he picked uh, Texas. Then they get a running back, Dante Daldell, um, who was only at Oregon for one year, played six games, uh, but there really wasn't a great path there for him to get on the field next year. Wants to go somewhere at a high level where he can get on the field, came on the visit up here to Nebraska, committed as well. So two in the boat. We're waiting on Jamal Banks. Um, Michigan's still in play there with him. And then Stephon Thompson, who had K-State and also Florida State, um, the linebacker out of Syracuse. So lots of movement there with the portal. And there might be others. Um, probably not a lot, but uh, I've watched Nayer a lot, and it is really enticing to watch. He Big-time speed. Now, he's, he's a big-time speed guy. Banks isn't a big-time speed guy. Banks is fast enough. Nayer... I mean, he had 12 touchdown catches in a season. That's that's one thing that jumps out. And Wyoming's not necessarily an air raid. Oh, they don't I mean, run it. They, they, I mean, they don't pass it that they're much. They're an under-center throwing team. Yeah, he's a big physical guy, 6'3", 215, great body control, can beat – you know, he, 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 he gets behind defenses probably better than Banks, but still makes tough catches. Now, people wonder, okay, so what happened at Texas? Oh, he blew out his knee in 2022. And then didn't just – I think he got behind a stacked re- receiver's core in 2023. But, but in the spring of 2022 – now, my, my uh, nephew happens to be a, text, a Texas graduate. And he said there was a lot of excitement at Texas about Naor in the spring like of 2022. Like he could have been their number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know about that, but, but you can – it's not hard to find Sarkeesian quotes from 2022 saying – yeah, he caught a 63-yard pass in the spring game. Sarkeesian said he's really good in the red area. 
uh, and he is. If you watch the film, he's beautiful in the red area. He can make tough catches, those tough catches in the end zone against smaller corners. So, oh, yeah, I mean, Nayor looks like a guy, if you just look at his Wyoming film, he looks like a guy that could come in and be their number one. 6'3", mm-hmm. with a wingspan of nearly seven foot. Yeah. Oh, he's good looking. It, we haven't seen a lot of that lately. You're going to be like, hmm. And if, and if they get Banks and him, they're both going to be in the starting lineup, okay? Banks, I think Banks is the better of the two, actually. If only, if in part because he's played the last two years and had 600 plus receiving yards in each of those years, had nine touchdowns in 2022, nine at Wake Forest, mm. catching balls from Sam. He Harvey. was preseason All ACC. To he's go real. The year. I mean, all I can tell you is if you watch the film, you say, okay, yeah, he'll be in the starting lineup. Those, that's the type of guy he is. Now Michigan's the thing to watch there yeah, at Banks. I can see him going to Michigan. He'd fit really well at Michigan. And with the amount of players that could go pro, yeah. think how many roster spots could open at Michigan. Right. Along with their head coach going pro. Boy, if you're a Nebraska <laughs> fan, though, the thought of a 6'4", 208-pound Jamal Banks and a 6'3", 250-pound Isaiah Nayor, it's a good – 50-50 50 50 balls. Like, oh, it's yeah, like a, exactly. I restarted your dreams after yeah. watching all these sawed-off five foot nine tracksters <laughs> line up in the Big Ten <laughs> to actually get some bodies out like, there. <laughs> of their current guys they have, <laughs> of the current <laughs> guys coming <laughs> back, who would you feel good about in a tight coverage 50-50 ball? I mean, if you had Mal- to pick one, Mal- 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 Malachi would be probably the, but very, very inexperienced. Yeah, these guys are, these guys are grown. I mean, Malachi's still pretty young. Now, if God, if you had those three out there, if you had these two with Malachi, it's a really good look. Well, and the speed of Jalen Lloyd, yeah, I was say. yeah. The cons- and, and Bullock is a steady guy. You yeah. know what you're going to get. Yeah. And Isaiah Garcia could be a surprise. You, you don't know. And they can use Doss kind of more oh, how they yeah. intended that, that kind of gadget role where you can do yeah. you know, in the backfield and you oh, can do yeah. all sorts of things with him. You don't have to line him specifically at wide receiver. Oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, if you added these both of these two guys with the guys they got returning, it all of a sudden looks a lot different and a lot better. No question. So with Dowdell. Yeah, Dowdell. Are we assuming he's going to come in and compete? Be the number one guy? One or two. Is he there? I think one or two. I, I think so. Who's who's the top competition? I mean, I would think Irvin and him kind of will go at it. That's what I think. Gabe Irvin and Dowdell, and then you got Ramirez, a kind of a different kind of. I don't know what are you going to call him a third down back, whatever you want to call him. I don't. I think he's more than that. I think I just like the idea of a veteran Gabe Irvin, a veteran Ramirez Johnson. Now you're bringing in a big physical 6'2", 218-pounder that does throw body blows. And there's definitely – you can sense the chippiness from Emmett Johnson's social media postings, oh, yeah. um, you know, just that he's fired up about this. Yeah, there's like, a lot of good. people that will say, what, what about Emmett Johnson? He was our best back last year. And granted, he he's entered good. the year as the fourth back, and he, he did. only played out of He played necessity. out of necessity and did his job. Yeah, I mean, and he, he was fine. But I'm saying, like, they need to be better than fine at that position. They need to be high level. Bam. Look, well, at the, look at the team that just won the national championship. They bam. have two elite running, running backs. And, and look at who just went to Ohio State, the kid from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. The top, top, top backs in the Big Ten averaged maybe 17 to 18 carries a game tops. There's no such thing as a 20 carry. 12 to 15 is a realistic workload for a lot of Big Ten backs. So you're going to need two guys. If not, or the, more, more. Well, two for sure, and then like a all-purpose guy. Yeah, they yeah. had four last year. Yeah, what I would tell <laughs> Emmett Johnson is you're still going to be part of the picture. Yeah, I mean that, you're probably going to be needed. I mean he he was needed as a what did he start six games last year? Mm-hmm. He you still probably need him. 
There's so, no Eddie Georges left in college football, right. like where you get not many thirty carries yeah. a game. I mean, Mo oh, Ibrahim yeah. was probably the last like true belt. I mean, the Wisconsin guys too, but like they're they're a dying breed. Yep, that type of running back that mm-hmm. Sean's talking about, you don't see it very mm-hmm. often at all. All right, when we come back. Um, all-Star games are full and swing. Uh, we had the All-American Bowl this week. Uh, Dylan Riola, Carter Nelson, uh, Talmoa will be out in Hawaii for the Polynesian Bowl. We'll hit on that. And also Frank Solich in the, in the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, we'll discuss all that next. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Before we get into some all-star game talk and Frank Solitz talk, the segment Steve Sipple of the Husker Online Show brought to you by... Larson Motors. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. It's one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one spot. Finding your new Chevrolet, GMC, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram has never been easier. Start your new experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. You know what they say, guys. Larson Motors, real people, real deal. And by the way, Steve Sipple just read that with basically a blindfold on because he doesn't have his glasses today. I just had to enlarge the type, so it worked out okay. You had to grind through it. Yeah. And I kind of remember most of it. Yeah. We, we, we get a lot of feedback in the comments like, how come Sipple doesn't have the Larson Motorspot memorized? I, yeah. I don't know. I don't want to mess it up. We got a lot on the line here. A lot, it's important. A lot, a lot of car sales. Yeah. You got to get that Hummer in there every time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into the discussion. Uh, we had the All-American Bowl this past weekend. Gibson mm. Pyle. Carter Delson, Grant Bricks were in San Antonio in the Alamo Bowl or Alamo Dome. Um, all had solid weeks. Brian Munson was down there, covered some of the practices. Sounds like Gibson Pyle was the one that really increased his stock. I was very impressed with the body frame makeup of Grant Bricks. I thought he looked um, just off the eyeball test, like, wow, he's got a lot there. And then Carter Nelson had a really nice catch um, in the game itself. You know, it's really hard to draw a lot of conclusions about offensive line play in an all-star game because there is no blitzing. So, you know, the, the the five linemen in a running back are generally six blockers blocking four. It's great that Carter Nelson's doing all this. I mean, all, the other kids too, but Carter coming from eight-man football, you kind of wonder how he would assimilate into 11-man and 11-man with with the best players available. And he's going to be in the Polynesian Bowl too. Carter. Right, so Carter Nelson – um, Dylan Riola, quarterback, and then Preston Talmoa, the offensive lineman, will be playing out in Honolulu next Friday. Um, that game's on the NFL Network. I believe it's oh. an 8 o'clock at night kick okay. um, central time. Um, but, I mean, there'll be a lot of people here watching that game. I mean, th- just to see Riola play on that stage. Riola was invited to all the All-Star games. This is the one he chose to play in. 
Um, I think for obvious reasons, his father is from Hawaii. He's got a lot of uh, Polynesian heritage and Hawaiian heritage. Um, so the game's important to him. And he'll play in that game and then start classes at Nebraska on Monday. Yeah. So he'll be throwing all – I would imagine he'll be throwing all weekend Yeah, practice. I think the players get in Sunday. So he'll be throwing to Carter Nelson. And, Carter, and they have a draft. now. The, the, okay. The, so Sunday night when they get there, the, the teams draft. And I would imagine those guys will be on the same team. You never know. You never oh. know. But I would think that Dylan Riola, if he's – the captain of his team or the leader, he's going to probably want to get Carter Nelson on his team. Yeah, you'd think they would let him uh, handpick a few guys, just given the, the circumstances there. But with these all-star games in general, you know, the games kind of are what they are. Mm-hmm. They're really just kind of a big exhibition. Mm-hmm. The practices, yeah. I think, are the greatest value. And, you know, our Brian Munson was down in San Antonio um, for the the All-American Bowl and just watched some of the practices. And with Carter Nelson, Grant Bicks, uh, bricks Gibson Pyle, each one of those they talked about how he had those guys quoted that you know, this is a step up. You know, Cardinals was talking about the zip on the football, like yep. it was unlike anything he's ever caught before, really? at least in high school. Grant Bricks talked about how in high school he was just the biggest, baddest athlete. Now he's going up against guys that are on the same level, if if not higher above him. And so that kind of taste of what they're going to be expecting here. Uh, once they get to campus, I think is as probably beneficial for them as anything to show them what, what life's about to be oh, all no. about for them. They're, you are 100% right. It's critical for, the, for them. I mean, and then they get – I mean, it goes a, another step when they get to campus because they face veteran players, grown men. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that is a good – it is a good first taste because they're seeing ki- players on their level and above. Mm-hmm. Huge. It's gi- I think that's gigantic. And mm-hmm. there's 13 five-stars in the Polynesian Bowl. Ooh, dang. 13. So they, yeah, they get some dudes. So they, they – I mean, the All-American Bowl to me is the gold standard still. That's the McDonald's All-American game, the history of the game. But the Polynesian Bowl itself has really closed the gap mm-hmm. um, because you don't know why? A, a week-long trip to Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how's that weather? Like, What's the weather like in Hawaii – this time of the year. Low, the lows are like 65 to 70, and the high, it's gonna get, it can get up to like 80. Oh, so that's short pants weather. Yeah. Mm. All right. So it should be, uh, for those kids going out yeah, there. those that, kids will be fun. That's going to be a great deal. And, and you know, the kids all sign in December now. So mm-hmm. there's not a lot of intrigue for any of these All-Star games. And I've heard that there's a push to start maybe allowing juniors, underclassmen, to play. Okay. In the All American Bowl, okay, to get announcements on television, but even because okay. there aren't announcements anymore, yeah, mm-hmm. limited announcements, yeah, or just get juniors involved. It's uh, for, I mean, it's, it just adds to the intrigue. Mix the rosters a little bit better, um, yeah. but yeah, and then there's a lot to that. But yeah, uh, Polynesian Bowl next Friday, uh, and we'll obviously be talking about that all week next week. Um, but I want to hit on this too: Frank Solich inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. And you think about just the resiliency Frank Solich showed after uh, being fired from Nebraska in 2003 um, to get to this point of his career, to be a Hall of Fame coach. Because yeah. I'd love to know how many guys get fired at their alma mater, Power 5 school, with the record Frank did, and then rebound to finish out as a Hall of Fame guy still. Well, there's three things to know. Well, I mean, the three things that come to mind for me at least are 58-19. That was his record at Nebraska. 58 and 19. Then he goes on to become the all time winningest coach in the MAC conference. Okay, those two things, slam dunk. 
right? I mean, you're you're pretty much a aren't you a slam dunk Hall of Famer at that point? Point fifty eight and nineteen, and then the all time winningest coach in a conference. And then the other thing I think about is Frank was an incredible. I mean, you could say he was the best running backs coach in the nation. Fifteen years under Tom Osborne as the running backs coach, and you think about the guys he he helped recruit, helped develop. Um, the list is ridiculous. I mean, it's Lawrence Phillips, I, it's Amon Green, it's Keith Jones, it's Calvin Jones, it's Mike Rogier. Um, it's it's just on and on. So he was uh, the thing. I always I I, I always, my mind shifts usually first to hit Frank as a running backs coach. He was an incredible running. Back. When you think about Frank, though, even as a high school coach, it, it was when I you know he he was twenty three years old um, when he was a high school coach, a head coach. Um, and, you know, by age 25, he became the Lincoln Southeast head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about that in today's context. Like, how many 25-year-olds do you know that could just go, go to Lincoln Southeast at that age and, and earn the respect of everybody and, 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 not and, that many. and make up a powerhouse? I mean, mm-hmm. he's had that effect at all levels. Not, you know, and, and he's a coach. He, this summer when I talked to him for our, our book interview, he got involved in coaching wrestling. He never wrestled before. You know, he got I mean, he coached basketball. He did he he was not just football. Like he's one of those guys that has the God-given gift to teach young young people and and mentor them and bring them along and I mean he was a, he taught kids how to drive. He was a driver's ed teacher. He's a driver's ed teacher. You might need to get it. Ask Coach, I might see if Coach Solish can give you a driver's ed course, Sip. Yeah, that'd probably be a good idea based <laughs> on the feedback I get. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this, this was a nice. It's a, it's, a, it's a great honor, and it's, it's kind of interesting, right? He got fired in Nebraska, um, and now he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. How about, how about uh, Danny Woodhead getting in, too, yeah. in the same year as Frank? Yep. Fitting, fitting is Frank was the coach that they passed on him. Right. And then it's kind of, there's some irony there. A little irony. Hey, to, did you have to bring that up? Hey, 20 years, all wounds are healed, right? Yeah. They both did okay. Most. They both did okay. Yeah, they, they both did really well. I met Danny Woodhead's brother a couple of weeks ago, actually. Ben, he's a doctor in Lincoln. Hmm. And, but they like the, they follow the Huskers. They, they keep up on all this. So, yeah, it's a, they're a great family uh, from North Platte. But, all right, when we come back, take your questions in the mailbag next you're listening here to the Huskar line show jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price go to bluenile.com and experience the convenience of shopping blue nile the original online jeweler since 1999 that's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Stipple, Robin Washett, Abby Barmore joining us here as you're busy covering the transfer portal. Abby, um, surprised about Allie Batenhorse? Yeah, you. I wouldn't say I was totally surprised. Um Especially with Taylor Landfair coming in, I think that was a thing that probably pushed her out a little bit. Kind of read the writing on the wall there, but 
I am interested that she's just going to finish out her degree here in May and then look for somewhere else. It's kind of a short period of time, but a lot of athletes do that. She'll have options, right? Yes. Yeah. Plenty. She'll have plenty of options. I mean, she played a lot at Nebraska. She played in 84 matches over three years and started for long periods of time. So she's a seasoned veteran for sure. All right. Well, we got the mailbag. Where are you going to start us out in? Okay. Outside of quarterback, which spring position battle are you most looking forward to? As Steve Sipple would say, run him back. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the one. I mean, I'm really interested at the top, what, what, what it looks like at the top of the heap, mm-hmm. that who maybe can establish himself. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see if Dowdell can come in and make an impact. Yeah, wide receiver. I mean, just the, the new, at least one new piece in that room, maybe two. How different is that room going to look compared to previous years? How, how much do one or maybe two legitimate Big Ten bodies on the perimeter change the makeup of that that receiving core? Yeah, the one thing I'm wondering on that, Sean and Rob, is I don't know which freshmen we're even talking about because they've changed positions. And I'm also interested in Doss. I just <laughs> think Doss, when he got hurt in August, it set him back. Mm-hmm. And I think people are going to be surprised in a pleasant way by Jaden Doss. What about you, Sean? Demetrius Bell. Okay. Um I was told he would have played this year, but he, he took an academic red shirt. And that's one of the reasons why Nebraska got him. He was a four-star receiver in SEC country. Okay. And, you know, for you to take him, he was going to have to sit out a year for the academic red shirt rules. And, you know, Nebraska's willing to do that. And so Demetrius Bell, I think, could surprise a lot of folks this spring. Okay. Abby? Okay. Demetrius What's Bell. the – okay, I'm going to go for this name, but I bet Robin knows it. Tulia Tagavailoa? Tungavai? Talia. Yeah, Talia okay. Tagavailoa. Well, we know we're talking about uh, Maryland transfer quarterback. What is his connection to Nebraska that has people thinking that he could come to the Huskers, even with Dylan Rayola? Yeah, I, I don't think – I mean, I think there's a few, a few people that got excited about that. I retweeted it with eyeballs. Like, and By no means that I mean Nebraska was ever in the mix for Tungavailoa, but I'll share this story now. Back when – Nebraska was looking for a quarterback the year they brought in Casey Thompson. Scott Frost, they have a relationship with Tungabailoa that goes back to his days at Oregon, that family. And there was a point I was told that, you know, he was looking at leaving Maryland then. Okay. And Nebraska was a, a possibility for him then. Okay. If he would have left. Okay. Um, as was Hayner, the quarterback, Jake Hayner, the quarterback in the NFL now. Is he with the Raiders? No, no. Uh, the, the former Fresno State quarterback. Unclear. Uh, they, they worked on him as well. But Tungabailoa, there was some dialogue and relationship with, with Scott Frost back in the day, but he never went in the portal. So it was a non-starter. And, you know, he was getting, from my understanding, good NIL money. To me, this is about him getting one more year and hopefully playing in Miami. Yeah. I think Miami's the clear favorite. With his brother. Just like Chubba Purdy now could line up and wind up in the Bay Area to be with his brother. He's got a Cal offer. Um, and a San Jose State. Uh, and also, I think part of it was Rule was very complimentary of Tua. I remember like he had some really glowing words about their relationship, so maybe that added some fuel, but no, he, he ain't coming to Nebraska. You just don't have the, the cap space, so to speak, to have a Dylan Riola and a guy like that together. Yeah, that's a good way to put <laughs> That'd it. That'd be a lot. All right, <laughs> what do you got next, Abby? Okay. What was your reaction to Nash Hutmaker returning to wrestling and pinning his first opponent? Oh, he's really talented. 
I was surprised he lost the weight yeah, to get to that point. 50 pounds. Do you understand to get to 285? And he was he was a solid 315 probably. Yeah, they listed him at 330 on the roster. It's a lot of weight. Jeez. And I think he got below 330, though, last year. But, yeah. Um, and there was a picture of him I posted on the Red Sea Scrolls of kind of his wrestling weight, and he looked so lean, mm-hmm. um, but he dominated. And my question now is, they had two heavyweights wrestle in the two duels, the Northern Iowa duel and the Wyoming duel. You know, where does he rank with the other heavyweight on the roster? I don't know. He's 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 a he's a real wrestler. I mean, he's one hundred sixty six and zero in high school. <coughs> he never lost. And what I my takeaway from watching that match is he's like he's ridiculously athletic. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big time athlete. I just I guess what I'd wonder is if he just chose wrestling how far he could go with that there's no money in it though no i know but if he just decided you know i'm gonna be jordan burroughs as a heavyweight um i wonder how far he could go and he, he might he an olympic gold medalist type well I he think. might try to be tanner farmer tanner farmer got out of football and has nearly made the olympics as a greco roman wrestler he looks elite i mean i'm not come on i'm really out over my skis when i'm talking about wrestling but he looks elite i mean it was quite a show of force to pin that guy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I, th- I called an arm bar that he, that he whipped him around on. I don't know what it was, but, man, that arm was a it was an issue for that kid. Yeah, and so he said that he's not concerned at all about the weight, like that he could easily put 15 more pounds back on and be just fine. So we'll see about that. But getting back to 330 or anywhere close to that, that's he played that's more like take some doing. He played more he at 315. I, I mean, during fall camp, I asked him what his weight. He was nowhere at 330. That was his previous staff's weight. I don't know if they really updated okay. the weight. But well, If you're a coach, though, a football coach, you'd love this, I think. Because look at him. He's in great shape. It's the offseason. Mm-hmm. He's still in great shape. He's not got to get out, far out of shape. So, yeah, it was, really inter- it was really interesting to me. I think like that defensive line, too, is a position where wrestling is so – valuable yeah I mean, look at malik collins back in the day i mean the, the ability to, to be able to win with your hands yep. on the defensive line be powerful yep. and use leverage and all yep. that sort of thing that's a huge advantage it is all right uh what do you got next abby okay are there any other positions matt rule is going to go after in the portal oh <sighs> i mean i still think they got they have to get a linebacker um you know yes, linebacker i mean that that's the obvious one and you know they inside in a guy that can give them depth and snaps there. It doesn't have to necessarily be a starter, mm-hmm. but somebody that can give them depth and snaps. And by the way, Tackett Curtis, Steve Sipple, committed to Wisconsin. And, and that was kind of an outside name we had heard mentioned. Um, Tackett Curtis. USC linebacker. Yeah. Uh, but he's going to Madison. That's a big wow. get for the Badgers. Yeah, we were just looking into that last night, Monday night. Top linebacker in the portal. Whoa. Available. And I think Nebraska. Hey, I mean, Nebraska got a shot at him. It, it, it didn't. His name didn't materialize with us till last night, Monday night. But they had. I think they, based on what we heard, had a shot at him. Mm. Tackett Curtis, Wisconsin, going okay. to be a Badger. So do you still think that they, not a starting quarterback, but a depth piece through the portal? I, you know, I mean, people ask about yeah. that every single day, so yeah. I might as well address it. The yeah. latest. Yeah, you, it, it, yeah you just got to find somebody who fits. Somebody like Sean has said who's good but not maybe too good. Mm-hmm. And somebody who's willing to kind of play that role, maybe a subservient role. I, th- I think the spring will be big, though. Like, how capable is Kalen? How much better does Harburg get? Yeah. And yeah. how good's Raiola? I mean, those are three things we don't know. No. And that's the spot that you can wait. 
till the summer to fill if you need to. Absolutely. Like, because if you're not counting on him to be a starter, he's a depth piece. So a little luxury there. Yeah. And then Luke Longville, I mean, joined the team late last year. Will he jump up and make himself just a serviceable number four? Yeah, I think that's – I. you know me on that topic. I think it's important. I think that I, – I know it's people dismiss it and look, like, look at me like I'm nuts, but – I think you better have four. And Bodie Soko, the walk-on from Blair as well, like as a guy they're adding, coach's kid, and you know he'll he'll be another depth guy. I know it's tricky to do that, to have four and then have a fourth that you feel good about, but I think you got to try your hardest to do it. I mean, what do you want though? Is the question because they had a bunch of guys that were capable, but nobody great last year. Would you rather have one great one, and then some other options like they're going to yeah. have this year? I mean, but you think about they had they had three guys that could start. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be one great one and three guys that aren't very good because I mean, there's uh, examples all over the country where like Ole Miss had probably two and a half starters. You you don't you you can it doesn't have to be that way. I get what you're I get where you're coming from. It I don't know. I say it all the time. I know what you're talking about that that position. I've never seen it more volatile than it is now. Well, think about UNLV. Their quarterback did <laughs> interviews that, and everyone's like was praising him for staying. And then he went in the portal finally, and <laughs> then, then he had USC, <laughs> Miami, and Georgia. Yeah, and he chose Georgia knowing he's going to back up Carson Beck, mm-hmm. but he wants to compete for a year and and be the guy. Mm-hmm. He, he'll have to compete at Georgia. And you, Lincoln Riley, want him? Mean, he could have started at USC this year. Wow, wow. All right, final question, Abby Barmore. Okay. Which new Big Ten conference opponent are you most excited to travel to in the upcoming years? I'm going to say UCLA. Okay. I just like – I mean, I'm a Dodgers fan. Um, and so just going to L.A. And, and maybe maybe praying that it's in October once and there could be some baseball. That, that could be a fun mm. trip out to the West. Um, Early and October. And the Rose Bowl is the Rose Bowl. I mean, iconic. Mm-hmm. But when Rob and I went out there in 2012 – you know, just that was a really good, I mean, just enjoyed the trip. Yeah, you know, it was awesome. During Coach Riley's run, they would go to camps out there every year. So we got to go out there. So you went out once with us to a camp mm-hmm. there. I'd say UCLA, like Sean, because of, of Westwood, that part of L.A. or whatever that area is, it's, it's not, the Westwood area is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, USC and UCLA. USC because of the iconic brand and – Mainly that. But, yeah, L.A. Yeah. I'm looking forward to those L.A. trips in the winter. Excited for all of them. But I'll say USC just because that's the one stadium I haven't been to. <coughs> been to the other three. So this will be another stadium off the bucket list. Oh, it's that's pretty cool, too. Knock that one off uh, here in November. Simple. It might be Tallahassee on this list by the summer. Ooh, baby. I, I don't know what to make of <laughs> you saying that. Do you think that could happen? Well, I think Florida State wants out of the ACC. Yeah, it doesn't matter where they go. Do you think the SEC wants them? Do you think Florida wants them in that league? Mm. No, Florida doesn't. But will ESPN let them leave their paybooks? Their book, I mean, because ESPN controls their inventory. That's a lot of money. So, like, if you're ESPN, there's a few of those ACC pieces that you may not want them in the SEC, but if it means leaving ESPN and devaluing their inventory, they might tell ESPN, like, you're taking – or ESPN might tell the SEC you're taking Florida State. We cannot let the Big Ten have another prize jewel. It's the networks making all those decisions anyway, so who cares what Florida wants? 
That's true. Um, there's, I mean, it's all about academics. Yeah, tradition. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, that's that conversation is pretty much gone by the wayside, and nobody even acknowledges it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So we I all graduated. We did fine. Sorry. <laughs> hey, C's get degrees, baby. <laughs> we, all right. When we come back, um, we'll close with some Husker basketball talk. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Uh, before we get into some Husker basketball talk, um, if you have not tried Husker Online, we've got a great deal going on right now. You can get two months of access to Husker Online for $1 by simply using promo code NU1. This is our YouTube user special. Uh, so if you like our show, like our stuff, check out Husker Online. We're going to give you two months for $1 by using the promo code NU1. Okay, let's get into Nebraska basketball, Rob, because they're they're on a really tough stretch of the schedule here. Uh, they had to go to Wisconsin. You were in Madison. Uh, we're taping this show day of the Purdue game, so we don't know the outcome of that game. But Nebraska is an underdog, obviously, to the number one ranked Boilermakers. And they travel to Iowa for a weekend tilt. Um, what's your assessment right now on the squad? Well, it's been up and down, kind of like it has been all year, where um, you have these really high points like Michigan State, Kansas State, and you have these really low points like Creighton, Minnesota, and now Wisconsin. So, you know, at some point you would hope that Nebraska can kind of just level things out to where you get a more consistent product on a night-to-night basis. But it's not just Nebraska, really, when you look at the Big Ten. I mean, outside of Purdue, and they lost to Northwestern, yeah. uh, like, there's been so much volatility in trying to figure out who's – the real deal contender and who has just got you know uh, lucky on a weekend um so that nebraska kind of falls right in line with the majority of the conference and honestly purdue and and maybe wisconsin are probably the two most stable entities out there in the league um, they're the know, two you, best teams in the league you see michigan state going through it you see you know indiana's struggling you know there's there's schools that um you know have these big nights like northwestern they beat purdue uh and then they lose by 30 to illinois i mean so it's like there, there's no like no consistency at all really outside of a handful of schools in this conference and so if nebraska can figure out a way to to stabilize a little bit and not go from playing their best 40 minutes against indiana to one of their worst 40 minutes the next time out against wisconsin Mm -hmm. then maybe they're gonna have a chance because once you get past this this week really then the schedule kind of starts to i mean it's not easy but it's easier The, the the hardest chunk of their conference schedule was january 3rd to january 12th and once i think you're past that then then things start to level out a little bit for you wisconsin they didn't Nebraska played fine offensively. In fact, I'd yeah. say they played well oh, offensively. Yeah. Fred Hoiberg said they played well enough to win with yeah. the basketball. They played well offensively. They played horribly defensively. They didn't – I don't – how many balls did they even get their hand on? Hardly any. Yeah, they weren't getting any deflections. No. They didn't 
like Fred said, they didn't carry over that intensity defensively that they, they had against Indiana. They slow all game. Yeah. I mean, Wisconsin – now, I would say this, though. They're good. Yeah, I watched Purdue-Illinois on Friday night. Illinois, it was one versus nine. Illinois is not nine. Well, not they with lost, Terrence Shannon. Yeah, they lost Terrence Shannon. So now I think in the league it's Purdue Wisconsin. I think those are your two best teams. Yeah, they're going to play them back to back. Fred said that as much as like I think he he wanted to make sure people knew that Wisconsin's the real deal. And they are. They hit shots. Yeah, and so when they're shooting like that, I mean, so this is on pace to be the highest scoring team of the Greg Gard era, which goes back to Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, of Wisconsin. They so, had fifty-one at halftime, right? Yeah, so a record uh, under Gard. So um, they're they're rolling right now. They've got. They've got the pieces. You know, they got their big man. They got Chucky playing some of his best basketball point guard, and they got shooters around them. And so Nebraska just kind of ran into a buzzsaw a they little did. bit, and that that happens. They I mean, did. just look around the league and how many buzzsaws other schools have walked into. Look at Michigan State going into Lincoln. Yeah. So Nebraska defended terribly, but Wisconsin also made everything they shot. Mm-hmm. So go back to the Kansas State game. You know, mm-hmm. how many wide open shots did Kansas State miss, miss. and Nebraska blew them out? Yeah. So it was just one of those days where it yeah. was all falling together for Wisconsin. Nebraska, I mean, for that only to be a 16-point game was pretty impressive. And that's because they played as well as they did offensively. offensively. But, you know, now you got to find a way to turn the page quick. And with this Purdue game, we'll see what happens. But then you got to go on the road to Iowa. And Iowa's in a situation where they're up and down too. So you don't know what you're going to get from them. So it's a weird season. It's hard to really peg anyone in this league, and Nebraska's right in that conversation. Is that a break game for Iowa, meaning their students won't? possibly be back i believe so it's friday so um, i don't know exactly what their academic calendar is but it seems like that's been par for the course when nebraska goes out there it's during break friday night game eight thirty. <laughs> yeah. yeah pray for me you'll be up late yeah. weird i mean creighton played like a nine o'clock game the other day or mm, real it's all tv game. yeah so there's a wrestling duel earlier that btn wanted to get in so they're they're pushing back the start of basketball for okay is it a btn or fs1 game on friday it is a i'll tell you right now i haven't looked that far ahead uh iowa it is a btn game, okay yeah i do like though the big 10 playing friday games i just think it it's a nice alternative to sunday i, I i'm just not a fan of the 5 p.m sunday game <laughs> it is suspect yeah, it's yeah. awkward. And Nebraska has lived on that 5 p.m. Sunday game or 3 p.m. Sunday game a lot. Now, if you're playing CBS at 1 on Sunday, it's a little different deal. Mm-hmm. But Nebraska that, doesn't play at CBS. Well, good news, Sean. They only have four Sunday games, and three of them are over the final four games. So That Purdue-Illinois Friday night slot was fun. It was a fun game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Purdue pretty much dominated. Illinois came on late and made it a game. But I did get a good look at Purdue, the number one team, and it told me that college basketball can't be really great this year. I mean, I if that's yeah. the number one team, they're good. Don't get me wrong. They're deep. It's not all Edie. Um, they got a lot of options. No, but he's really good. Oh, he's really I mean, good. He's so really he good. leads the league in scoring, rebounding, um, field goal percentage, and he's obviously up there with blocks. But what's really separated him from previous years is his passing. I mean, his ability to find cutters out of the post, I mean, that's added a whole new element. Because that was probably the weak point in his game. He just didn't have that awa- like awareness mm-hmm. with, with the ball in his hands outside of just going to the hoop and scoring. So that's, that's taken them to the next level. And when the shooters are shooting around him, like they're, they're unstoppable. Is there Fletcher Loy? Lawyer, yeah. Lawyer, Fletcher Lawyer. 
um, Smith, the point guard. Braden Smith, he's playing at all league level. Their point guard. Yeah, he's he's their next best player. Yeah. All right. Well, Husker basketball coverage. Nobody better to follow than Robin Washett, the veteran, the dean of the Husker basketball beat. He's pretty young to be dean. I, I, I thought you were. Dean. I'm the dean. <laughs> no. But this is the this is the you're the dean. You're the old man on press row up there. Are you really the old man on press row? Yeah, it's crazy. Weird how time. Christopherson isn't like he that. close to you, Brian? Yeah, well, he's, he's he's my age. Yeah, yeah we're he, so he's age. older than me. I've okay. been I've been doing basketball longer than him. Oh, okay. We're okay. going by years of but coverage. Yeah. Okay. If we're talking about just like seasoned years on the beat, he's got me by a year. Okay. All right. So follow it on Husker Online. Robin Washoe off complete coverage here throughout the week, um, and once again. Want to try out HuskerOnline.com. Great special. Promo code NU1 will get you two months of access for $1 for Abby Barmore, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. I'm Sean Callahan. Uh, as we, uh, and thanks again for joining us here on another edition of Husker Online. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.